Hello and welcome to another edition of Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham, where Team Needham discusses everything healthcare. I'm your host, Sean Needham, and I am streaming live from Sandpoint, Idaho, one of my favorite places to visit. And I am super excited to have Jennifer Sharp on our podcast today. She made a movie called Anecdotals, and it is about COVID vaccine injured people. Um, very powerful. I've seen the trailer. Very powerful. Lots of compelling um, evidence about vaccine injured people and um, with the COVID shot. And it is just, it, it's incredible. And it just makes me wonder how these shots can still be pushed. Um, it's amazing to me. So um, Jennifer, tell us a little about your story. Welcome to our show. Hi, thank you for having me. Um, yeah. So I made anecdotals uh, and I was vaccine injured by the Pfizer vaccine in 20 March of 2021. And I just have neurological, I had numbness and paresthesia and a lot of neurological things happening pretty bad for the first six months. And then it slowly faded and I'm three years out of my reaction and I still have paresthesia, numbness. It's just like, it comes and goes, it's random. I feel very, very lucky. Um, I was just on the phone last night with one of my best friends in the world who has a horrible vaccine reaction and she is getting no help. And I mean, some doctors are trying and she's actually having her, um, she's losing, so she calls it atrophy in her face and skull. Like she's actually, things are getting smaller. Like um, <clears throat> it's really bad. And she basically lives with her 81 year old mom. And she's said to me last night, she's like, I just hope that she goes before me. Like, I just hope I can last long enough to stay around for my mom. And that's how she feels. So I've been around a lot of vaccine injured people and it's heartbreaking. I'm in support groups, um, but that's my best friend. One of my best friends who happened to have an injury uh, like a year and a half after me, after she watched my movie and she still got vaccinated, but that's not a thing. She actually, I'm not even, that's, I don't even want to say that, but it's sad and it's hard because I've had this movie out for a year and then I see new people every day joining the support groups. And it's just like, well, and, and what they'll do is that like this is Facebook support groups and stuff. And they'll just say, you know, oh my God, you know, two months ago, I made the worst decision of my life. I've lost my job. I, I don't know what's wrong. And they're just devastated. And those of us in the groups are like, so sorry to hear this. Welcome to the club. We've known about this for two and a half years. Sorry that you didn't. And it's really frustrating so, so that was a little tangent about my vaccine injury stuff, but I made a movie um, that because I was frustrated with nobody listening to me and I was frustrated with people saying that vaccine injuries don't exist when I knew for a fact, not only did they exist, but chances are they were super prevalent. Um, and I didn't have a lot of people in my world. I had a lot of pro-vax people in my world and they had a hard time listening to me. So I'm a filmmaker and it kind of, it just basically became my therapy where I was like, I'm going to make a movie that says everything to the people that won't listen to me that I want to say. And so that's what I made this for, for the people who won't listen. And I'm gentle and I'm honest and I show facts and studies, but I'm also like, hey, maybe you should ask some questions. So it's, it's a movie that any of you guys, anybody can share with pro-vax people that you that you're arguing with or people in your family like I made it more questions and less judgmental so it's not it's not an echo chamber movie of all of us who understand and are really angry it's about like hey let's come together and ask some questions right so speaking of questions as a pharmacist you know when you're I have some questions when you're telling these stories 
I mean, seriously, and maybe you can't answer this, but seriously, what is in these things to cause somebody to have all these kind of nerve issues and, and facial paralysis and atrophy? Seriously, have you ever asked, have you ever got an answer to that question, asked that question or got an answer to that question? As a pharmacist, I'd like to know. Yeah. Yeah. And we don't know. Well, one thing they found out is that in the vials there, they vary. Like certain, they've been doing some studies, some outside sources of like what's in the vials, how much there's actually some DNA contamination in some of the vials they're finding, but they're also finding that some vials have more than less, some vials were actually placebo. So there's not a lot of uniformity to the batches. So that's why there's so many different, but overall it seems to be an autoimmune response. So your auto, your immune system just is reacting to the spike protein that, or maybe also something in the vaccine, but also the spike protein. And because it's an autoimmune response, depending on your immune system is depending on what's going to happen to you. And that's why it's so across the board. That's why hers is rare where I've never heard of the atrophy, but she said that HIV patients had a lot of that. Like that's a kind of an H, which is an autoimmune deficiency. Right. And then some people, and you know, a lot of people, like if you have cancer in remission, uh, because your immune system isn't as strong anymore and it messes with, you know, it's, that could be a reason why people are coming out of remission and cancers are forming again. And so it's all different things, which make it really hard. But I think the common denominator is either the immune system attacking itself. And so then it's all over or the spike protein actually getting to different organs of the body. And depending on what organ it got to is is depending on what happens to you. Well, I will tell you as a pharmacist, when you talk about the, and I, and I've heard the it before about, you know, the batches are not consistent from batch to batch as a pharmacist. That is so mind blowing. I mean, as a pharmacist, we're supposed to trust that big pharma when they make their, when they, you know, manufacture their drugs, doesn't matter what drug it is that their batches are consistent and I mean, as a pharmacist, that concerns me is, and, and, and it makes me wonder how I can ever trust big pharma with anything. Yeah. With anything. That's the well, business. Seriously. Yeah. How, how can I? No, anything at all, at all. I actually, I mean, yeah, I don't know. Like I've been paying 400 a month for health insurance. And this year I was just like, I can't, it's, it's a lot of money for me. Is it worth it? Like, I don't trust anything anymore. And and the naturopathic doctors, the whole health doctors, the compounding pharmacists that my naturopath sends me to, none of them accept insurance. So I'm like, why am I going to spend 400 a month on insurance when it's like this generic stuff that you can't trust when you can have more personal relationships with your pharmacist and your, so I've cut, that's a big shift for me to even think about. Well, and let's face it, it, when you know the industry, and b by the way, you are on a, a great subject and you're you're going to get a free copy of my book um, just for being on the podcast. But I wrote a book, Sick and How the Government Ruined Healthcare and How to Fix It. And it came out, and I don't believe in coincidences, Jennifer, it, no lie, it came out in, in um, December of 2019. Wow. So right before COVID came out. <clears throat> wow. But the book is very pertinent to just what you and I are talking about. We, we can't trust the government. Yeah. We can't trust big pharma. We can't trust insurance companies. And insurance companies and big pharma, they are in bed together to, to collude. They, they, they create um, a cartel yeah. to rip off consumers, period. Yeah. And, but the cool thing is, and I don't want to spend too much time on this because I want to talk about your movie. The cool thing is, is we – 
you know, like you, you're finding out, there are other options apart from big pharma and apart from insurance. I'm just going to say it really quick so you can look it up and the listeners and viewers can. Health sharing ministries, health sharing plans, they are not traditional insurance. My wife and I have one. We pay $180 a month for both of us. And we get to go to the doctors we went to go, want to go to, the procedures we want to get covered. Um, we get to control that. There's no in-network. And we don't. And we saved $20,000 a year. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm going to look into that because yeah, yeah, health insurance is a big thing. And I'm even, I mean, I question everything now. It was time to get like a mammogram. And so then I did a deep dive into mammograms. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, 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 we can do a whole half hour podcast I, on that. I mean, seriously, I I mean, I just most, I mean, seriously, most of the drugs and most of the tests that we do are, are, it's, part of the scam of the system. I yeah. mean, seriously. And I'm not telling anyone not to get their mammograms. Um, I will just tell you when it comes to routine PSA testing, routine prostate exams, prostate biopsies, mammograms, follow the money is what I'm saying. Yeah. That's really what I'm saying. Yeah. You know? so, yeah. Uh, yeah. Wow. Okay. Okay. <laughs> it's, hard not, it's, hard not, it's, not, it's hard not to digress because it's, it's right. all, it's all, right touching so many it's all yeah right it's all connected so i you know i mean obviously we're on the same page um tell us a little bit more uh, about your movie and how i mean how the the production happened and how'd you get all these clients to to come forward how'd that happen okay so i was in support groups from so i got injured in 2021 march so that was like at the beginning and I was lucky to find um, a support group on Facebook. And it's secret. You have to, you know, you can't use Pfizer, Moderna. You can't say words. You have to use symbols, right? I know. I know. <laughs> crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. So it's a secret Facebook. And yeah, if you and if you say COVID by accident, somebody like comes up to you is like, take that off. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so um, yeah. So I was on a, a Facebook. So when I decided to make the movie, it took me, I started making it in 2022. So all of 2021 from March on, I was living with my vaccine injury and I was, and I only had one shot, never got another one because of it. For that reason, I was mandated. I, I couldn't, I couldn't go to a friend's funeral. I couldn't go to a restaurants and I'm like this is weird so it's getting weirder and weirder and then I'm looking at like things that like natural immunity doesn't count you know people who can't get you know, exemptions weren't being given and I, so things were getting then I lost my third job because I didn't have a vaccine I wasn't fully vaccinated even though I had one and it, I couldn't get more so it was and then people were talking so I decided I'm gonna make a movie I started reaching out to people in my Facebook group first because I didn't have a lot of I didn't have any money at all and I'm a filmmaker so I had just finished my last movie which is fiction and funny and and I put everything into it so I was like I can't start a new movie um but I I've been making movies I know how it works and I was like you know what because we can do a lot over Zoom, let me just start. So I reached out to the support group and was like, who's willing to be in the movie? I reached out to people. So many people were not willing. And they were like thankful for doing it. They're like, thank you that you're doing this, but I can't risk being out there, people knowing. Um, I don't want people to know. Like people were, I mean, those conversations I had, they're like, I haven't told anybody in my family. You know, the one time I told them, you know, everybody scolded me for talking bad about the vaccine. So we don't talk about it. And it was just so I basically, you know, got the people who were brave enough to um, 
to do it. And I started by myself doing Zoom recordings. And that was my start. I also broke apart the Senate hearing, which is like seven hours of footage. The There was a Senate, uh, the Senate panel discussion with Ron Johnson from yep. 2020. But that, that first one, that's like seven hours. So I watched all of it like many times, broke it into things and had that kind of help shape because the Senate is really powerful. And that Senate hearing was just vaccine injured people talking about their injuries. And it was about doctors talking about the problems they were having. And it was taken off YouTube for misinformation. And it's a Senate panel discussion. Uh, right. So I know. Crazy. I, I don't know what to say. I, I know. I, I, I have no words. It was crazy. And I'm like, and so people still, um, of course, people don't know. So I was like, I'm going to take that Senate panel and my and I'm gonna start there. So once I started, I reached out to a few people and I slowly got and slow donors to like, can you donate enough so that I can go to one interview so I can interview my doctor in her office so I can have some more outside. So I ended up like just bit by bit fundraising interview by interview. I was, it was either me alone like there's a whole rally section um, where I, the mandate stop the mandates rally and I'm interviewing people and I got a hotel room and it's just me alone in my hotel room um, with three cameras and two mics. And I set it all up beforehand. And so, I mean, I'm the one person crew every, sometimes I got another cinematographer. The most I ever had was three people. Cause I didn't have money. And I'd be like, can you give me this amount? And so if I had like $5,000 to do a shoot, then I would have to right. work with what I had. So it was a, it was a, it was a hustle, but I'm really proud of it. Um, a couple of things fell into place. Like I, I, a lot of it, I talk behind this white background, a white psych, like that's where I ask my questions during the movie. And I'm like, the, I ask every section starts with a question. And so I have this stuff and I actually got that for free because um, I was working on a job that finished shooting a day early and they were using a white psych. And I was like, and the lights are like, like $20,000 of lighting equipment, a yeah. teleprompter, like all this stuff. And it was still there. And I was like, can I come and, and do like three hours? And they were like, sure. So a lot of magic, you know, that helped. So it looks good. Yeah. But it was really me. And I edited the whole movie and I color corrected it. And I, I did pretty much everything that I could by myself and then hired out people as I, as I did. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I'm really proud of it because it looks good. It's a very good high production value. So, and is it, is it a full length movie? It's a full length movie. It's 80 minutes. Okay. Um, but I've sat through so many screenings and at first I didn't want to do, I was like, who wants to watch an hour of vaccine injured people? Like, even if you're compassionate, like the, how is this going to even, when I started, I was like, how is this even going to be interesting? Like, I don't know. And I, I wouldn't want to watch an hour of vaccine injured people. Like, you, you know, like the people who would want to don't need to watch that. <laughs> so um, <clears throat> I made it personal. I decided the way I'm going to make this movie interesting is to make it my story. So I put myself in front of the camera and I was like, this is what happened to me. And these are the questions that I started to ask. And I also um, gently talk about my whole journey of like the mandates, going to the mandate anti-mandate rally. I talk about my political shift, which isn't like, it's not like I shifted from one side to the other. It's just, I started questioning the side I was on and realized like, there's actually nowhere to be if you if you, there's just nowhere to be for a lot of us, you know, like I'm, so it was, a, you know, being around people that were super like, you know, everything was so divisive with Trump and everything. I mean, against Trump, against Obama, like all that stuff started dividing people. And I was kind of like, oh yeah, Trump's this. I had my opinions about people who supported Trump. I mean, mildly, but I, then I started meeting people who supported Trump and I'm like, they're really nice people. Like, actually there's a lot of division that's been happening that we're all feeding into 
So that's, so I talk about all that in the movie a little bit, just a little bit, but I'm like, yeah, I found myself around people that were really nice and it's humanity. It's not politics. And so because I made it personal, it actually has become interesting. It's a really interesting, it, it lasts an hour and 20 and it works. It's, it's interesting. That's cool. I, I, I'm, I'm excited to, to watch it and it's, you can watch it for free, correct? Yes. I have it for free on the website. Um, and which I think you'll have, but it's anecdotalsmovie.com and it's, uh, anybody can watch it for free. Anybody can share it for free. And I ask people to share it and share it with your Provax people, share it with your cousin or your sister who you've been arguing with, who doesn't understand because I made it for them and there's no ads. And it's, it's wild as a filmmaker to make a movie that like, I knew I wouldn't get distribution, <laughs> you know, like I knew. So my option would be like, well, put ads and like get money from, and I was just like, no, I want this easy to share. I don't want a commercial yeah. to turn somebody right. away. So it's free, share it, please. It's like, it's, it's a labor of love, but it's also really helpful. So <clears throat> speaking of the politics part of it, um, I think all of us, no matter what side we were on politically, it, it woke us up about politics. I mean, you know, um, I already didn't trust the government. I mean, just by the name of my book before COVID came out, but it, what it really did is it really exposed the government and made me realize how much I can trust the government. And, you know, honestly, Jennifer, no matter what political spectrum you're on, um, I think it's obvious that it was a, a, a top-down thing from all over the world. It didn't matter what side of the aisle you're on politically. And, and just look at it with, you know, I, I mean, whether people like Trump or not, Trump was guilty of lockdowns. He was yeah. guilty of masks. He was guilty of yeah. keeping Fauci in power. And he was guilty and he still brags about Operation Warp Speed, which has brought the vaccine to market. He yeah. has never once apologized for that. I have not forgiven him. Yeah. I have not forgiven him at all. You know, and I would say I am I am right of center for sure. I'm more like a liberty guy. You take away my liberties. I don't care whether you're Republican or Democrat. I just don't want you to take away my liberties. You let yeah. me do me and my family and leave me alone is, is the kind of guy I am when it comes to government. And you know what? I mean, Trump sold our liberties, period. And he has not apologized for it. Yeah. And I don't, I mean, I don't know that it would have been different under Trump. I mean, and people are like, I think, because I don't think Biden had, he was a puppet. He was fed yeah, the right. thing. They both had Fauci behind them. So Fauci yeah. the mastermind, I think, the master of the puppets. And like, so um, who knows? Like maybe he wouldn't have had mandates, but maybe he would have. I, I don't know. Like, Well, and then when you look at the whole thing across the world, I mean, in every country, yeah. from China to Italy to United States, there were a couple countries that were kind of the senders, yeah. um, you know, like Sweden and stuff. Yeah. Sweden. Yeah. They all followed the same narrative. Exactly. I mean, so it, it was not just the United States yeah. thing. I think I think our country handled it one of the worst. And I think it's because our country has the most money. You just follow the money. You follow you know? the money. You're right. And when you look at some of the some third world countries that didn't have money for for all this propaganda and and um for the vaccine, they didn't have the problems that we had. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. And you know, we're one of the only countries that recommend the shot for a six month old. Well, I'll tell you, my, my wife and I are both pharmacists. Here's where we really saw a rat. When they started recommending it for pregnant women, we're like, this, this is, we learn in pharmacy school 101 that you do not give a woman a drug that has not been proven safe and effective. Yeah. I, I couldn't believe what we were hearing. That is when we were like, okay, there is something funny going on. 
Yeah. And they were telling, I remember, you know, they said to pregnant women, they said, you're at more risk of getting COVID when you're pregnant than getting the vaccine. And that sounds good, right? So get the vaccine because you're at higher risk if you get COVID. But there's not one study that says that. Like, that's just not. I, I, I was going to say, but that's a lie. That's I, mean, a lie. <laughs> I mean, seriously, that is just an outright lie. Yeah. You know, just, and the no. six month kid thing, I, I honestly, and, and if you saw Senator Johnson's, I think it's his second. Um, hearing, um, Dr. Renata Moon, you're probably familiar with that name. Um, she was at his hearing. She's a pediatrician and she was at his hearing. And, um, you know, I've seen her speak. I've met her and she was talking about, you know, COVID in kids and it's hard to get the numbers, but I honestly believe, I don't think, I don't think one kid under 12 years, eight died of COVID, 12 years died of COVID. Now they might've, you know, if there was some kid that was on chemotherapy or having um, bone, bone marrow transplant or something like that, they might've died with COVID, but COVID didn't kill them. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't think one kid did. So how can we recommend this to a six month old? Seriously? Yeah, no. And we're one of the only countries that do it. And I remember, um, I think it was one of the Sotomayor, the Supreme court, you know, when they made the decision about mandates or whatever or, and mandating it in schools and they turned it down. And I remember she said, I think it was Sotomayor. She was like, um, she made a statement and she was like, there are thousands of children in the hospital as we speak. And you're bringing this to us. Like, no, this is a health emergency and kids need to take this. And that was a lie. But it was a Supreme Court justice who believed it. She wasn't she didn't know she was lying. Like, I, I believe that she thought that's what it was. Yeah. There were not thousands of kids in the hospital. Because that's what we we're being told. Remember yeah. when we had all the lockdowns and all that kind of stuff? We were told hospitals were full and they were overwhelmed. And, you know, there were there were bodies in the back that they were dying from COVID. Yeah. All a lie. Yeah. All a lie. Yeah. And then you learned bit by bit the reality of it, which was like, so there's a guy in my movie, Ernest, whose son died. Um uh, from the, like two days after he got the vaccine. And he, that son is like 17, 18, 19, something like that. Yeah. He was like 16, I think. 16. I think I've heard that yeah. story. Yeah, yeah. 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 He's cause he, and he's cause he's out talking about it. That's what he yeah. does. And it's awesome. And, and it was early when I made the movie. Now there's more parents talking about it, but he was like the one and his son died and he was just like, he, he was terrified. I mean, he, it was a really sad story and I was just really, um, moved to tell his story, to tell a lot of other people's stories. And, but we just started, you know, asking questions like why, and he knew that, that, that there had actually been a study that showed that children were getting myocarditis and they knew that there was myocarditis. Like they knew that the CDC, the FDA, they admitted it. And I have a little section about this in the movie as well. And they are saying, I have, um, I have Peter Woodcock and Janet Marks or no Peter. Well, yeah, I'm thinking of their names really quickly. It's early, but they're saying like, yeah, kids get myocarditis, but it's not the bio viral myocarditis. It's, it's minimal. And as long as, you know, you go, you don't exercise for a few months, you'll be fine. And there's so many things wrong with that statement, but they're saying that. And one is that, well, you know, McCullough comes on, I have him afterwards saying, well, there's no such thing as mild myocarditis. Once your heart is inflamed, you could have right. scar tissue. Like you could, and it could happen right. 20 it, years. It's myocarditis. It, yeah, it's myocarditis. Any kind of myocarditis is bad. Yeah, it's bad. And then the other thing is, if that's the truth and they know it, it's funny, when I shot the movie, I had a cameraman for one of my shoots. Um, and he came wearing two masks and he, you know, it was really funny. I mean, you know, he was really, he didn't know, I didn't tell him what it was about. 
Um, <laughs> I just hired him, you know, I'm like, I'm right, right. And the funny, it was my doctor's office. And it was funny because it was him and the other cameraman and they're both wearing masks. And like me and my doctor are not. And like it's the doctor, and like it's just kind of funny, like yeah, right, <laughs> ironic, right? Yeah, it's like the doctor and me, like we're not, and the other two are all masked up. Right. But he listened to the interview, and afterwards, he's like, "What is this myop?" And he's like, maybe a thirty-something-year-old man, and he's like, "What is this myo? What is that thing?" And I'm like, "Myocarditis." He's like, "I've never heard of that." And he was like, "That was interesting," and he asked me more, and I told him more. He had already had three shots and never heard of myocarditis. No, so at I, this point, I, you should, if you're going to get a shot, there should be a signature thing. I was told about myocarditis. If my heart hurts, I will not exercise. Well, let me tell you a story. So my wife and I, both pharmacists, we were two of the first groups of pharmacists in Washington state to get um, certified to administer and prescribe vaccines back 25, almost 25 years ago. Okay. And, and now looking back, I can see that and it was a pilot program in Washington state that eventually went all across the nation. And there was a, you know, Washington state was on the forefront, progressive, increasing access to vaccines, yada, yada, yada. This is just a great thing. And pharmacists are going to be part of the front lines and they're so accessible in healthcare. And now we realize we were used as pawns. Um, so early on, you definitely could not call my wife and I anti-vaxxers. I mean, we were pro-vaxxers, right? Although we've been questioning some things for, for a few years, especially the flu vaccine, because how do you create a vaccine for a virus that changes rapidly? Yeah. That, that didn't make sense to us. Well, fast forward to COVID, same thing, right? Yeah. Um, but um, we were at a, at a medical freedom rally with a bunch of healthcare professionals, and I was talking to a pediatric doctor. Um, who was, you know, quitting his job because he refused to get vaccinated. And um, he was telling me a side effect of one of the vaccines that was interception, in, in which is it causes bowel problems in kids. Well, I realized my six-month-old son almost died from interception. Here I am. I'm a pharmacist. I'm, 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 I'm top educated about vaccines. I had no idea that was a side effect. Our pediatrician never told us that. The ER doctor never told us that. The surgeon never told us that. So I'm not surprised this guy had three or four shots and he was never told about myocarditis. We were not ever taught. I, I, I was trained by the CDC on their vaccine program. We were not taught about side effects. Oh, maybe some mild injection pain. That's all. Yeah. That's what we were told about pretty much every injection. We, and, and, and now, I, I mean, un, yeah. unbelievable. And this also goes on a story that I want, hopefully, that you know a little bit about. So you mentioned early on that one of the um, people in the movie, she couldn't get any help. I, I'm not sure what you exactly meant by that, but um, vaccine companies do not have any liability. Um, they were released of liability back in 1986. You know about this story, right? I do. But Can you speak yeah, on this, please? But, but I, I, you, you might know more than me, so maybe okay. you, you, fill, you start and I'll fill in what I know kind of based well, on Well, in 1986, President Reagan signed, I don't remember exactly what bill it was, and, I, and, and probably like most bills, there were a bunch of stuff buried in it. But one of the things that was in it, it released drug companies from 
um, any liability when it came to side effects from vaccines. And, and the thought was that vaccines are so important and they're going to save the world that, you know, we want to make sure that we can get this technology to everybody and we want drug companies to do all this studies and stuff. And, and if there are side effects, we don't want them to be liable. Now, first of all, I have never, ever heard of any industry, any industry being, you know, their liability being taken away. By, by a bill. I, I, please, if somebody knows one, let me know. Yeah. I mean, because I, I just don't think there is one. That alone is a huge red flag. Yeah. And here's what's interesting. After 1986, the vaccine schedule skyrocketed. Right. And then in the early 90s, they started using pharmacists to push vaccines. Jeez, this, this yeah. sounds like it's been planned. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. No, it's crazy. It's like they... Yeah, the, I think the the numbers are vague, but like I think you know when when I was growing up or whatever, it was like eight, nine vaccines on the schedule. And now, if you get everything recommended by the time you're 18, you've had about 73 shots, and it's like, it's like you just have to start asking these questions, right? You really well. And, and here's here's the question. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Yeah, I'm just no. passionate about the subject as well as you yeah. are. And here's what the question I ask, and I, I don't care if you're if you're a healthcare professional. I don't care if you're a layperson. Ask this question: All these vaccine-preventable diseases that we are given vaccines, seventy-some vaccines for by the time a kid is eighteen. All of these diseases, how long have they been around? I'm gonna I'm gonna put you on the spot, Jennifer. How long have the diseases been around? Polio. How long have they been around? Yeah, I mean, like years and years. I mean, thousands, thousands of years. Exactly. Measles. Like thousands yeah. of years. Mumps. Yeah. Thousands of years. Yeah. Okay. Did it wipe us all out? No. Did it wipe the human race out? Yeah. That's the thing. Is like I. Thought- I mean, seriously, let's just think rational about it. Yeah. And, and, and yes, I, I I am sad for people that got polio or they got measles and they got really really sick. Um, but also, there was probably something going on in those people's lives. Their immune system was not good that day. Whatever it was. Um, but I think that. The takeaway is, is that if these diseases were going to wipe us out, it would have years ago. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead and comment. Well, and trust your immune system. I mean, that's, that's exactly, that's the new thing is like, I mean, that's where it's like, you kind of always thought we needed help. We thought we needed, but there is a whole school of thought that I'm coming into with the health freedom movement, which I, you know, I was never around. And it's like, I mean, I always knew my immune system, but I actually always thought I had a weak immune system because I always caught a cold. If somebody had a cold, I caught it. If somebody had the flu, I caught it. And so I was always used to say I had a weak immune system. And I'm just putting together that I suddenly I'm not, I'm not like my boyfriend was like, you don't get sick. And I'm like, no, I haven't been sick in like 20 years. And like, not even colds. Like I actually stopped having my wheat. And I was like, I always wondered what happened. And it was not no joke. In the last couple months, I was like, I actually stopped getting the flu shot about 20 years ago. And I was just, I'm like, so maybe right, getting right? the flu shot every year was doing something to my immune system. I don't know, but I mean, it's just really- right. I, I, yeah. It's suspect. Yeah. And you know, I remember when, when we used to give flu shots, you know, we were told that flu shots cannot give the flu and blah, blah, blah. And I was told even by a pharmacist one time, he goes, you know what, Sean, this is 20 some years ago. I quit getting my flu shot. Cause every time after I got my flu shot, I just kind of felt sick. Yeah. And I'm like, no dude, that's impossible. You know, that's what we were trained to say. And it's like, I, I look back. Yeah. Well, I, I, you know, and yeah, you know that all these autoimmune diseases that are caused by whatever they're caused by, you know that big pharma has drugs to treat them, right? Yeah. 
Well, and now I, they're, I mean, they're seriously, saying I, they're saying Paxlovid cures can cure long COVID. Like they're trying to repurpose that for long COVID, which is a right. Pfizer. So, I mean, you know, it's not I, stopping COVID, but maybe it'll stop long COVID. So let's keep pushing it. I, I don't remember the name of the drug because I don't keep up with a lot of the new drugs because my wife and I are two weird pharmacists that don't believe in drugs to treat long-term disease. We believe in lifestyle. Um, and I, I am not kidding you, Jennifer. This is a year or so ago. I am driving on the, and on the radio, I hear an ad for a drug for myocarditis. I am not oh kidding you. I am not kidding yeah, you. Oh and, I, and I talked to a friend about it who's in healthcare. He says, well, that's actually not a new drug. But it just – I thought it was ironic. I was hearing it advertised for the first time ever for yeah. myocarditis. By the way, brought to you by Pfizer. Right. I'm not kidding you. I'm not so, kidding you. Well, I know. Exactly. So that's- you can't make this up. You really can't make it up. Yeah. Well, and, and we're, I mean, you're a good movie maker, Jennifer, but you couldn't make this story up. I know. That's why I'm like, I want to, I want to do the fiction story version of this. Right, too. Right, right. I want to do the Hollywood version of, of this COVID stuff. Like I want to be the director who does that fiction. Cause it's like, it's a lot of creepy stuff. And like, you know, I don't know, but in terms of, so there's a couple of things you touched on. And one is, um, one is not being able to sue. Um, and so then there was also the PrEP Act, which made drug, you know, drug companies immune from being sued. There's all these things. And I'm kind of like cloudy at this point. I used to have it down to a T, like what was what and when. But basically, there's only one program that vaccine injured people can apply for. And it's CICP, the counter, the COVID and countermeasures program or whatever. And it's like they have like thousands of thousands of thousands of of uh of people who've asked and like they've only awarded like four four or five six people right. and the average award that they have given is three thousand dollars yeah right so right. so that's like one of the other issues and in terms of like how i what i talk about in the movie is that people who actually get injured have no help um there's no medical help so people are putting their their houses up for sale um, they're going through their life savings. There's no way to get money to help. There's no recognition. And it's just like, and even actually, so Ernest, this is, I was going to say this, I, I forgot. Um, but Ernest, the guy who lost his son, and it says his son died of COVID on the death certificate. Like it was clear. It was two oh, days that's after. Right. He's trying to get that changed, isn't he? His heart. Well, he he doesn't want to get it changed. His the oh, son. Okay. Died, I mean, no, sorry. His son died of the vaccine. Sorry. That's what it is. It does it on the, on the birth certificate. On the birth certificate. Oh, it does. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. But he was contacted by FEMA and was like, we can't give you money. Like if your son died of the vaccine, that's not something. But if you can change the cause of death to COVID, then you can get, you can get aid. So that's part. And he won't do it. He won't change the cause. Yeah, of yeah. Stuff. But that's the thing is there actually is help and aid for people who have COVID issues. So also in the hospital, it was found that like certain hospitals, I don't know exactly the law or what happened, but the government was giving hospitals money for each COVID. Like if someone died of COVID or they had to treat a COVID, they got money to help, help. But if somebody didn't die of COVID, you don't get money to help. So that's why all these people that were dying with COVID were saying died of COVID, but they didn't really die of COVID, but it actually helped financially to say that they died of COVID. And the same thing with Ernest and his son. It's like, if he would have said his son died of COVID, he could have gotten more help. And it's the same reason why many vaccine injured people are saying they have long COVID and the, and the doctors are writing long COVID because there actually is more of a medical code for that. 
So you can get help. You can get insurance companies covering it if it's like, oh, long COVID this. But if you put vaccine injury, there's no code and there's no help from the insurance companies. Wow. I, I mean, I, I'm just learning this, you educating me, but I'm not surprised. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it is just, I mean, the way our medical system is set up, insurance companies, drug companies are controlling the show. Yeah. You know, and 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 and, and by the way, the federal government, Uncle Sam, they're they're driving the getaway car. They're guilty. Yeah, they're, they're guilty. Let's us the, the FDA lets this happen. Oh my um, gosh. The federal yeah. government's the one with the pocketbook. You know, yeah. and and really, let, let's just be honest. It's not the federal government doesn't have any money. They they steal from us, the taxpayers. They steal our money and decide where it's going to go. Yeah. Wow. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Well, there was just a vaccine safety hearing um, congressional panel on vaccine safety. Um, and Peter Marks from the FDA, the one of the main guys in the FDA, was there being on the panel. And this was last week. And all these vaccine, we've all the vaccine injured people were watching because we got together and all called our Congress, our congressmen or women or whoever was in our district. So we did a huge push, called them. You have a meeting on Thursday. Please note vaccine injuries. I have been injured. I need help. I mean, we it was a whole campaign, and we all, I mean, I'm telling you, like thousands were calling their Congress. We're so excited. So we're all watching the hearing last Thursday. I watched 10 minutes of it, got physically ill and turned it off. And so, and I'm getting texts from other people like, oh my God, I feel shaky. Oh my God, I feel, because Peter Marks was sitting there lying and saying the same thing he always said. At this point, start changing your tune a little bit. But it was like, no, he was like, no, they were safe and effective. We put them through rigorous trials. You know, we didn't have strong vaccine injuries. You know, we've, you know, there've been a few things here or there, but no strong, strong signals. What? Like at this point. He was saying that at the beginning, got great. That was, a, it was a lie then as well, but whatever. But it's been so long, like you can't say that anymore. And he was still saying it. It, it, it. I think it would be really hard to hide behind those lies now. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I still see people that you'll talk to and I'm just quiet when they say it, but, you know, they're getting their fifth, sixth, seventh booster of these vaccines. It's like, have you got, have, do you watch anything besides mainstream media or something? Because. Yeah. Do you hear? Have you not heard these things are bad and yeah. they don't work? And they don't work. Like, it's like, yeah. and then these same people, Jennifer, they say, well, yeah, I've had COVID four times. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> the question. It's like, they keep getting boosted. It's unreasonable. Exactly. It's like, yeah, you've got three shots. You've gotten COVID three times. Maybe <laughs> it's not working. Maybe it's not working. Yeah. And it's another lie people say, like the pregnant woman thing, where they're like, oh, but if you get vaccinated, you won't get long COVID. Oh, if you get vaccinated, it won't be as bad. And that's a flat out lie. That's a, that's a lie. There, it's there's an absolute no proof lie. Of that. There's no proof of that. Yeah. Wow. Really frustrating. <laughs> well, well, Jennifer, oh, go ahead. No, that's it. Well, as we wind this podcast up, I'm going to stream uh, your movie website. And I want you to tell us what you have a passion for. Okay, so this is my movie website, anecdotalsmovie.com. And what I'm like passionate about these days is um is changing people's or opening people's minds one person at a time. And that's what this movie does. It's like having discussions crossing, you know, I've I just got a couple um messages from people who saw it who were very pro-vax and they were like, thank you for opening my eyes. I didn't realize this. And that is what I believe. And I believe now is the time to have those conversations. I think a year ago, when I first put this movie up, less than a little less than a year ago, it was it was maybe it was the time for us all to be like, thank you, and the vaccine injured people to be thankful for this. But it wasn't the time to share it with the pro-vax people. They weren't ready. 
But now they're ready. Like I'm having more and more people open to this discussion, open to questioning it. And so I'm passionate about like just getting truths out there and making people think and making films and, and yeah, and being creative. That's awesome. So speaking of truths, we have a uh, viewer that said, uh, Linnell Warren, thank you for continuing to speak about this. Um, And it's just, you know, I I can't think, uh, you know, without our listeners and viewers, um, sharing this kind of stuff, you know, we, we wouldn't have a platform, because uh, the mainstream media is not going to, you know, even look at some of the right, the, the writer center mainstream media, they, they, they don't share this kind of stuff. They're still yeah. pushing, they're supposed to pushing the mainstream narrative and why, well, they're sponsored by big pharma, which is probably another good reason you didn't do advertising on this. Not only is it because it's distracting, but you know, your dollars always follow where your advertising comes from. That's one of the reasons in our podcast, we refuse to accept any kind of advertising because we want ours to just be truthful coming from our listeners and viewers and our guests. Yeah, exactly. And that's, that's what this is. It's, it's an open, no advertisement, please share. It's a a work of art from my heart and just, you know, wanting to help spread the word. So I love it. I love it. So, um, if anybody wants to have some questions or wants to get a hold of you, what's the best way to do that? So um, at the website, anecdotalsmovie.com, there is uh, a way to contact me. Um, so there's an email, on which is anecdotalsmovie at Gmail. And it's, it's pretty much on a one-woman show. So, you know, and the other thing I wanted to say, also on the website, there's a page where if there's a reference to every study, video, um, podcast, anything mentioned in the movie there's a link to. So if you see a clip where Fauci says, I am the science, you know, which that clip is in there, you can actually click on the website and watch the the whole interview too. So, I mean, anybody with questions, you know, I got the movie fact checked by a lawyer, paid a lot of money for that. Cause I just really wanted this to be like airtight. Yeah. And so yeah, it's, absolutely. it's a very, you can follow there's every study that I mentioned is on the, is like a link to it on the website. So just a good thing to know in terms of like, you know, clarity and, and doing my due diligence of trying to do something that is, you know, that is real, even though, and I keep getting censored. I just got kicked off. I just got uh, taken off TikTok yesterday, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. Completely or just one video? One video. And then yeah. it's like, it's your first thing, a strike. And they gave me the whole yeah. thing. And I'm yeah. like, okay. Well, like, join the club. I've been yeah. TikTok yeah. censored me before, too. <laughs> yeah. So YouTube took it off and then we got it back on. So it's on YouTube, which is amazing. Um, yeah, that is. It's amazing. It got taken off, but then Senator Johnson got involved and like they put it back on. And But I can't put anything else on that channel. Like I can't take a clip from the movie and put it on that YouTube channel because I'm afraid that'll do a red flag and then that'll be yeah. taken down. So I just have the movie, watch it. And um, my Vimeo channel got completely um, deleted with no warning. And uh, so, yeah, and that's a sad thing. Can't talk about this. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons we normally stream on YouTube. We're not streaming today on YouTube because YouTube is one of the worst when it comes to censorship of this kind yeah. of stuff. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So, well, thank you for what you're doing, Jennifer. Um, I'm going to wind up this show, but hang on. Hang on. Cause I want to talk to you after the show. Okay. Thank you okay. very much. And listeners and viewers, thank you for tuning in to Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham. Tune in Monday, our regularly scheduled podcast, 1230 to 130 Pacific Standard Time. Thank you for listening.